Welcome back to the program. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show on the air, and uh, it's good to have you back. Good to have you back on this uh, a very busy day. We're going to hear more from uh, Brian Gudikins coming up here in uh, in just a little bit. Uh, but before we do that, uh, we want to get to our guy, uh, Todd Rosiak, uh, and uh, talk to him about this Milwaukee Brewers team. Todd, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Oh, living a dream down here in Arizona. <laughs> Well, you know what? The weather's not bad. You can't complain about that. You're covering baseball. You can't complain about that. So that's not a bad way to go by the time it's all said and done, right? Oh, I can complain about both. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, I don't. I don't. I know people won't feel bad for me, but it's been a very, very unseasonably cold and rainy spring down here. I know. I can hear all the hearts breaking, but we haven't had one day above 74, I think, and uh, it's been more like 50s and 60s. So been a little odd in that regard but yeah baseball's going on and got the cubs in town or in uh, maryvale today so i guess all is right with the world in that regard um let's start first and foremost with what you've seen out of this team because uh you know just uh to, you know the pulse of sentiment is that well there's a lot of unknowns they didn't really do anything in free agency to get a lot better uh, you've got good pitchers and one that seems to be relatively unhappy with the team, even though he's moving forward. So what is the pulse of this team from the inside right now? Uh, I don't sense anything different. I don't sense any kind of feeling of angst or anything like that. It's it's just been a normal, very normal spring training as far as I've seen and, and encountered. Um, you know, I understand all the – like you said, angst from the outside, but I think internally this is a very confident, uh, motivated team that is looking to bounce back from the way uh, it finished last season. Obviously, that was a huge disappointment to everybody, but there are a number of guys returning from that team. As you noted, the entire pitching staff is back. Devin Williams is back. Uh, you know, they did some tweaking with the lineup, but um, they're hoping that a healthy Jesse Winker will help uh, – lengthen out that lineup a little bit they got a lot of a uh, lot of depth at a lot of spots so I, I feel like you know the the attitude and the mood here is is really as good as it's ever been so give me your thoughts offensively speaking where is all the offense going to come from because that was so problematic last year uh, i think they're they're banking on their overall you know, you've got guys like rowdy telez who had a career year hitting home runs. Willie Adamas, his, his average dropped pretty dramatically. A lot of strikeouts, but still was the team's top run producer. Uh, Brian Anderson has been a proven run producer in the past. He's going he's gonna to be in the lineup pretty much every day, be it third base or in right field. Um, and then, you know, the wild card, of course, is always going to be Christian Yelich. What, you know, like, what, what can you expect from him? Is he going to hit leadoff? Is he going to hit second? Is he going to hit third? Will he be able to become more of the run producer that he was back in 2018, 2019? That's always going to be the wild card there. So we don't really know. Obviously, it would behoove this uh, this franchise to get him going, figure out some way to get him going. Easier said than done. William Contreras behind the plate. This guy is coming off an all-star uh, season. And uh, they have high hopes for him as well. He's only 25 years old and, and uh, going to continue to develop. 
Luis Arias is coming off uh, kind of an injury plague, a little bit of a down year for him, but he's a guy that's proven in the past that he can hit the ball on the ballpark. So they have pieces. You know, I mentioned Jesse Winker before, and, and they have the pieces. They're all just going to have to kind of start clicking right from the early uh, early portion of the season, right from the get-go. I think that's probably going to be the most important thing right now is to kind of change that narrative a little bit, flip that narrative, get off to a good start and uh, get people excited, get people happy again and and go from there. I like what what they have obviously in the starting rotation. Give me your thoughts on this on this bullpen right now. That's a work in progress. It's about as unsettled as a bullpen has been for the Brewers and a number of years. Obviously, when you start from the back, Devin Williams is as good as, as good as it gets at closer. So you've got one really big piece of the puzzle slotted in. Uh, but beyond that, there's a lot of new faces. There's a lot of unproven guys. So that's going to be really, I think, a work in progress all year. I think there's going to be a group that you'll see probably of about you know 12 to 15 guys. There's going to be guys coming up and down a lot. Um, and some interesting guys. They have a number of guys who are ground ball pitchers. They have, they don't have a ton of high octane arms, I would say, but very varied uh, skill sets and varied deliveries and such. So you always do want to give hitters a little bit different look, and they've been good in years past with that. The, the one real, uh, I, I would say, weak spot is they don't have a lot of left-handed depth in the bullpen, and perhaps that'll be addressed as we come toward the end of camp and uh, teams start cutting players and so forth. They did pick up Justin Wilson, but he's coming off Tommy John surgery and isn't going to be healthy until after the all-star break. So uh, just a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving pieces. But when you have a starting rotation like the Brewers do, I think they feel pretty confident that most nights they're going to get at least six innings out of their starters and uh, then they can kind of piece together the bullpen from there. I know that uh, there was some talk about Corbin Burns not being happy, and then there was the non-committal for next season coming out of Craig Council. Uh, give me your thoughts. What, what did you take away from that? Uh, from the council thing? Well, from from both, yeah. I mean, obviously Corbin Burns wasn't happy with the way things turned out, and he seemed to be a little bit uh, on that particular day upset, and then since then things have quieted down, and council being somewhat noncommittal after this season. Yeah, well, I, I, as far as the Burns thing goes, I, you know, I, both parties have basically agreed to let let it go and uh, focus on this season. What happens this season is, is I think, going to ultimately determine what happens with Corbin Burns. If for some reason the Brewers don't play well and they start getting into sell mode, then, you know, teams are going to be lining up to try to trade for Corbin Burns. So that, I think that's really dependent basically on how the Brewers do this season, what happens moving forward with him. As far as Craig Council goes, it's a good question. You know, it's something that we're not going to get an answer to one way or the other until it sounds like toward the end of the season. And there's, there's family, um, there's a family component to it for, for Craig Council, as he told us. You know, he's, he's, this is obviously a very uh, demanding job, time-consuming job, and he's got four children that he'd like to see, uh, you know, grow up. And, and his oldest two, so- his two sons are both going to be playing college baseball. One already is. He'd like to be able to watch them. And, uh, you know, then kind of the wild card of it all is where the Brewers are going into the offseason. And, and if they do have a bad year this year and 
they get into sell-off mode or something like that, and and who knows, they enter in some sort of soft rebuild, then maybe that helps sway him one way or the other, you know, sway him toward wanting to step away. So it's going to be an interesting storyline and one that people are going to keep talking about, but I just don't see any kind of, I don't see any kind of clarity on, on really both of those issues until, you know, late August, early September, I would say, at, at the earliest. I saw this offseason Christian Yelich doing different Instagram videos of workouts and with buddies and stuff, and then he talked about going away and, you know, kind of deconnecting, so to speak, and now he's back. Tell me how, uh, tell me how Craig counts, or uh, excuse me, tell me how Christian Yelich looks. Uh, well, he hasn't played a game yet, so he's going to be in the lineup. I, I am guessing, we haven't been told definitively, but probably uh, Thursday at home. Um, he seems to be in a good place mentally, seems to be in good spirits. But, uh, you know, until he trots out there actually and starts uh, taking some swings on the field and starts seeing some game action, it'll, it, it, it's hard to say. But just going by what he told us, um, you know, it, it sounds like he's in maybe the best place he's been coming into camp since 2000. 20, I would think, uh, right, toward, right uh, before the pandemic shut everything down. So that's obviously good news, but people want to see results on the field, and, and that's what uh, we're going to have to wait and see if he can if he can produce those. What I thought, uh, just in looking at him, now you tell me if I'm wrong, does he look like he's a little more fit, like he's buffed a little bit? Mm, no, he looks pretty much the same to me. I, I, he's always looked in great shape. He's always been in great shape. You know, I, I didn't really notice anything one way or the other. I guess it's, you know, like opening that question up a little bit, looking around the clubhouse, one guy that jumped out to me in terms of the shape that he's in compared to what he was in 2018 was uh, Wade Miley. Uh, he look, he's he's dropped, uh, dropped a decent amount of weight. He, he just looks thinner in the face and just looks like he's in better shape overall. Uh, he told me last year when he was with the Cubs, he got down as far as like 205. And he said when he was pitching for the Brewers, he was 235, I think, in 2018. So he's not, he's, he's about, I think, 210, 215 maybe, but he just looks like he's in better shape. And at age 36, I guess you, you, you kind of learn tricks as you go along. And, um, you know, he looks to be in a really good spot come, uh, coming into camp. And um, he looks to be kind of the, uh, I would say, the odds on favorite to win that number five rotation spot. So, Good news uh, from that in that regard for the Brewers and for Wade Miley. A uh, larger question, and I want to get your opinion on this. I know that uh, you know some of the offseason moves, some of the money that's been spent, some of the large contracts that have been signed, pretty much eliminates the small market teams, and the Brewers' hands are tied. There's been some talk again about the possibility of maybe implementing a salary cap. Tony Clark, the MLBPA, says baseball doing very well. They will absolutely, positively not accept a salary cap ever. Give me your thoughts when he comes out that emphatically and saying that will never happen in Major League Baseball. Not a surprise. I mean, that's I I, I would say that that's about as uh, predictable as anything in the world. And why why would they? You know, from their perspective, they they have the hammer. And uh, if if that's a non-starter with them, then baseball is going to have to figure out a way to try to even out the playing field a little bit more in, in the next CBA and. We all we all saw how drawn out and protracted and bitter the the last uh, you know last off season was with the lockout. Who knows how that turns out? Um, you know, it's it's interesting the small market argument. You know, the Brewers obviously are a small market, and the fans that follow the team are very familiar with that. They're very tired of that. Um, 
but it's it's a real thing. And with teams losing broadcast money, most likely with Valley uh, going bankrupt, the, the regional sports networks, that's another revenue source that goes away. Uh, but then other people will point to a team like San Diego. You know, where are they getting all this money? How are they going all in? And they're not a big market, so to speak. So it's uh, it's you know the finances are always a very delicate matter for teams, um, but you have to figure out a way to make it work. And to the Brewers' credit and Mark Adonazio's credit, they figured out a way to at least remain competitive. You know, anybody who grew up in the in the Milwaukee area or in Wisconsin in the in the uh, 70s, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, you know, you remember how how many lean years there were. Um, you know, so the Brewers have at least been in the conversation and have been competitive. Uh, they just have not had the resources to kind of take that next step and, and, and lock in a few of these really big salary guys. So it remains to be seen what happens, but until then, it's, it just seems like it's going to continue to be the rich get richer and uh, the small market teams are left, uh, you know, selling off their, their good players once they can't afford them and uh, others are kind of fighting for scraps. Well, that leads me to my next question. When we're looking at Burns and Woodruff, if, say, this team does take a turn for the worse and things go ugly, do we suddenly start seeing these guys hit the trade market? And, it, and it's a shame because you, all you've wanted was to develop your own pitching. You finally got it, and now you're staring down the barrel of, well, we're probably not going to be able to keep them. Yeah, that's the reality of the business, unfortunately. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have any – you know, inside knowledge of it or anything, but just common sense would tell you that Corbin Burns is as good as gone once he uh, enters free agency. And and why wouldn't why wouldn't you want to test free agency if you're Corbin Burns? You know, you you play your whole life to get to that point, and if he stays healthy and continues to produce like he has, you're looking at a guy that could be looking at a three hundred million dollar contract, no question. Uh, Brandon Woodruff, another really solid pitcher, I would say. You know, kind of a notch below on that list, but he's a, he's another guy too that would command major, major money on the free agent market. And then widening the scope a little bit even more, Willie Adamas, look at how crazy the shortstop market went in the off season. I wouldn't put him at the level of a Trey Turner or uh, even a Xander Bogarts in terms of money. But, you know, you look at a contract like uh, the one Dansby Swanson got, that's certainly, uh, that's certainly within the realm of possibility for Willie. And that's, probably not something that the brewers can afford so um you know there's going to be a lot of hard decisions that are going to have have to be made over the next couple years with the brewers as far as whether they want to uh you know try to figure out a way to keep at least one of those guys or uh you you have to sell them off and and get the best prospects you can and and try to uh try to rebuild that way Hey, real quick, Todd. Where does their minor league system kind of kind of fare right now? Are, are they are they reloading? Do they have a lot of quality that's kind of being recognized down there? Or are they still kind of mired in mediocrity? Yeah, no, they're they're in pretty good shape, in the best shape uh, in several years as far as depth goes. Uh, you know, it depends on the rankings. It depends on who's putting the rankings together. But it's generally accepted across baseball. They're in the upper third right now in the majors in terms of their overall talent. They have Jackson Churio, who's considered one of the top, you know, again, depending on who you talk to, five prospects in all of baseball. Outfielder, center fielder, who uh, is not even 20 years old yet. Crazy talented. And uh, then, you, you know, you've got guys like Sal Freelich, Joey Weimer, who are in camp right now, Bryce Terang. Um, you know, the, the pitching prospects, uh, the, the kind of the top shelf pitching prospects are a little bit 
younger than that. They're most of them are in the lower levels of the minors, so it's going to take a little while longer to see those guys at the big league level. Uh, but overall, they have a solid uh, base of talent and kind of that, that next wave of guys. If you do start trading players away, they have pieces that they can uh, slot in and start getting experience for because they're all going to be leaned on very heavily in the coming season. Always good to talk to you, Todd. I appreciate your time, man. Go back to enjoying the, well, weather. <laughs> and then, the, then yeah. we'll talk again soon, okay? All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Todd Rosiak down there at uh, the spring training facility, American Family Fields of Phoenix, joining us for a couple of minutes and talking some Brewers baseball and uh, just getting his thoughts on all of this. But uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting that kind of got swept under the under the rug over the weekend was that Tony Clark, the uh, executive director of the Major League Baseball Players Association, said, and I quote, we are never going to agree to a cap. Let me start there. We don't have a cap, and we are never going to agree to a cap. And uh, that's something that a lot of fans, specifically in small market, mid-sized market down, has been screaming for for quite some time. And uh, there's some things that we can talk about pitch clocks. We can talk about different ways to make the game more exciting. Uh, we know that, uh, you know, viewership is down, attendance is down, not not specifically in Milwaukee, but I'm just talking overall. And you look at Major League Baseball, I mean, even the money that Bud Selig, the, the ball that got rolling under Bud Selig has, has slowed dramatically uh, since and after COVID. And now you've got Bally's uh, thrown into this mix where they're, you know, not making their payments to the tune of 180 plus or 140 plus million dollars. That's not going out to many of these small market teams that uh, are under the regional broadcast of Bally's. And so there's a lot of issues uh, financially for Major League Baseball right now. And you've got, uh, you know, major market teams, big time um, deep pocket owners that don't have a problem spending money and small market teams can't can't keep up. And so basically, Tony Clark is saying to all of you in the mid and small markets, F you, we're never going to do it. Never going to happen. Peace out. And and I personally, I, I, I think it's wrong. I think baseball uh, can pontificate uh, about how great it is in the national pastime and yada, 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 but it is slowly watch its uh, audience erode. Uh, it's it, The competitive balance in some way, shape, or form has eroded. Uh, I think it's still, if you look at the history of Major League Baseball, the large markets have an overwhelming uh, an overwhelming lead over the, over the small markets at uh, not only competition but at winning championships. And I think that's what it should be about. At the beginning of a season, you should be able to look at your team and say, we have a legitimate shot at winning a championship, as many teams in the NFL do. More than half the league in the NFL look at every season and say, you know what, we get a couple of breaks here and there, and we're good to go. Whereas in Major League Baseball, you pretty much know. You know what you have. You know where you're going to be. You can pretty much look at uh, your division and say who's going to win it. Put your finger on it. That's who you're chasing. Maybe you get lucky enough to get a wild card. We have seen some wild card teams win championships, no doubt about it. But it's certainly the money in Major League Baseball gives you a distinct advantage. And they have basically said no, no. Uh, 877-867-1670. Find us, 877-867-1670. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of 0% interest for up to 48 months when you lock in your prices by February 28th. 
I'm Gina Della from Pella. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget, no matter the season. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy-efficient windows in the industry, designed to keep the cold outside where it belongs. Lock in your prices by February 28th and get 0% interest for up to 48 months. Visit PellaWI.com. Restrictions apply. Welcome back. Good to have you. Say thanks to our friends over there at the Social House. H-A-U-S. Big supporters of the, uh, the Fisher House. Our motorcycle ride. Uh, they've done numerous fundraisers there. Dan Dell and his staff are absolutely fantastic. West, Lis- West Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls and uh, a lot of new items on their menu as well and a tremendous Fish Fry Friday. So check out our friends over there at the Social House, H-A-U-S, Social House, on uh, Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. And make sure you stop in and tell them we said hi. They have a really good Bloody Mary, too. Uh, you stop in there on Sunday mornings, you get the free pancakes with a Bloody Mary. Oh, that's so good. There is nothing better than that on a Sunday morning. Just throwing it out there. Just saying. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, please feel free. Uh, phone line's wide open, by the way. Uh, 877-867-1670. So coming up at the bottom of the hour, we heard Brian Gutekunst uh, at the top of the show. And he addressed and met with all the local media, the Wisconsin writers and television broadcasters and radio people. Uh, then he met with the National. And and got into the, uh, the the you know the Q and A scrum with the national writers and those that are outside of the normal everyday coverage of the Green Bay Packers. So we're going to hear that coming up after the bottom of the hour. So stay tuned for that. But reaction pouring in uh, when it comes to uh, Brian Gutekunst and his comments. Uh, this one is from Jesse, who says it sounds like Brian Gutekunst is still waiting on Aaron Rodgers. Sounds like he has not made a decision yet. Do you think by some of the things that he didn't say about wanting Rodgers back, back means more than what he actually said? That's where I'm going with it. That's when I when I wrote the headline today. It sounds like the Packers are ready to move on. And 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 if you've ever listened to this show, I have been the guy that has said, I think sixty percent of me says Rodgers is back, and I don't necessarily waver from that a lot. But I got to tell you, in listening to Brian Gutekunst this morning, it sounded to me like it was the things that he didn't say. He didn't say, oh, yeah, we're, we're you know, when Aaron's ready to go, we're, we want to welcome him back. Or when Aaron wants to come back, oh, we're ready for that. You know, none of that. He kept saying what's best for the franchise, what's best for the Green Bay Packers. He talked about Jordan Love being ready to be a starter in the league. Now that could have been one of those salvos that are fired over the bow of many ships saying, hey, this guy's ready. He, he is a starting quarterback. Let's see what we can get for him in the trade market. My guess is that Jordan Love's people have put a lot of pressure on Gutekinds to say either S or get off the pot. Uh, either he plays or, you know, you can pick up that extra year, but uh, we want to push him to free agency. We feel like he's ready to go. He wants to play. You know, you keep saying how ready he is to play. So it's, it's, um, it's uh, interesting in the usage of he's ready to play commentary as depending on how you take it. Does that mean he's ready to get under center for the Green Bay Packers, or is that basically trade value stuff, you know? Uh, but to me, it's more what he didn't say. He didn't say, you know, when, when asked about Aaron Rodgers, 
you know, he said, well, we haven't really talked to him a whole lot. He did say at one point, though, you know, at some point we got to we, we got to do what's best for the Green Bay Packers. In other words, you know, he was asked he, he was asked about, have you heard from Rodgers? Have you communicated with him? And he said, well, we've talked a few times, but nothing recently. And then he said, at some point, we have to move on or we have to do what's best for the Packers. And people want to say, well, there's nothing new here. There's nothing new. There's nothing new going on. There's No, there is. If you pay attention to this on the regular and listen to the words that are used, a year ago it was all about getting Aaron back, making him happy, bringing him back and treating him correctly. You know, gives us the best chance to win. All of that. All of that. This year, it is all about what's best for the Green Bay Packers. When Aaron makes a decision, we'll look at everything. We'll do what's best. It, it It's, he, he, uh, he did not go out of his way to say, beg Rodgers to come back the way they have in the past. Uh, he also, if you listen to what he did and didn't say, distance himself from uh, Joe Barry and the defense and basically put it again of that's Matt's guy, that's Matt's call. He talked about losing Jerry Gray. He talked about when Mike Clemens asked him the question, uh, you know, hey, there were guys in the beginning of the season that were kind of, you know, griping a little bit, you know, about, um, you know, the way they were being used. And he said, you know, you have to be you have to be able to adjust to allow good players to do what it is they do best or, you know, kind of paraphrasing. And then he went on to say, bringing in the new uh, Greg Williams, the new secondaries coach to say, well, it's good to get new ideas or fresh ideas in here. In other words, Joe Barry, your philosophy is old. It's it's played. It's obvious, and we need some new ideas. And, again, kind of throwing that salvo out basically to say, Joe, the only reason you're here is because of Matt LaFleur, and we're not going to, you know, we're not going to backdoor our coach. He wants you here. It's up to Matt to go ahead and get you right to either be more aggressive, and then he talked about the pass rush over and over and over again. Now, part of it is personnel. I understand that. The other part of it is aggressiveness and the way they go about it. So I think there's a lot there. When we come back, you're going to hear from Brian Gutekinst, and you're going to hear some of the things that he had to say nationally, nationally, uh, as opposed to the local writers that you heard from a little bit earlier in the program. Uh, This portion of the program uh, brought to you by our friends uh, over there at the Four Seasons Island Resort. Now, listen up. This is a tremendous place. And if you're looking for fun and you're looking for a career and you want to join a team, the Four Seasons right now, and we were just up there, and they have got a tremendous uh, chef. they got a great culinary team, but they're looking for an additional chef and, uh, and a chef that they want that's not uh, afraid to kind of showcase their talent. You know, they want to expand. They want to continue to get better. They're gearing up for the summer season. It's great. Everybody kind of lives on the island, too. That's kind of cool, too. So it's great if you're, say, a student or an intern or something to that effect, and you want to kind of get away for the summer, but you're not too far away. Great place to go. They even have eligibility for benefits, medical, dental, vision, 401K, PTO, plus perks, discounts. You can email right now. Email your resume. They are hiring. They are looking to start setting up uh, interviews this week. The Four Seasons Wisconsin at gmail.com. The Four, F O U R, Seasons 
Wisconsin at gmail.com. And if you're a parent out there listening, pass this along to your kids. Say, hey, if you're looking for a summer job, great place to go. The Four Seasons Wisconsin at gmail.com. And they have paid internships also available for most culinary programs. Get a hold of our girl Barb again. The Four Seasons Wisconsin at gmail.com. More of the Bill Michael Show. Brian Gudikins next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show. Continuing on. Hopefully you're enjoying your day. Hey, our friends at Kemp's. Everybody knows the name Kemp's. They're right here in our own backyard. Cedarburg, Wisconsin, to be exact. And uh, they are also hiring Class A CDL drivers, production and cooler employees, maintenance technicians, paying $23 an hour plus plus uh, with new hire on signing bonuses and such being offered right now for certain positions. So if you are looking uh, for a new career, to change careers, to go to a, a company that's established, not going anywhere, based here in Wisconsin. Uh, I can't say anything more about Kemp's. They're, they're terrific. Uh, start off this year by just letting some, some good come around in your life, so to speak. Apply at Kemp's uh, at a stable, growing local employer who takes extreme pride in not only the product, but uh, for the families, uh, but also the team and such that uh, you, know, you would be a, a part of and all of your uh, all of your people around you, so to speak. Go to Kemps.com, and the bottom of the page, you click on Careers. Go to Kemps, K-E-M-P-S, Kemps.com, and then click on Careers on the bottom of the page. Again, Kemps.com, and click on Careers on the bottom of the page. There you go. Uh, let's do this. Brian Gutekinst, a little bit earlier today, met with the local media, okay, with the guys that normally, regularly cover the team. This is his back and forth with the national media. Take a listen to what he had to say. Good morning. Um, before we get started here, I know there'll be a lot of questions about Aaron. Um, just so you guys know, we haven't really had those conversations yet, so not, not a lot to report um, until we have those conversations. But with that, I'll take some questions. Not yet. No, I mean, we've, you know, changed some texts and things like that, but we haven't had a chance to speak yet. Yeah, you know, we're going through our process as normal. Um, so, obviously, free agency is coming up here. That's an important, uh, you know, part of what we're doing. So, it'd be nice to have some answers before then. But uh, until we have any conversations, we're, we're still in a good spot. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, those com- our feelings haven't changed about Aaron. Um, but we, we need to have some of those conversations about our team, where it's going, uh, where he's at, um, you know, before we go forward. We're excited about him. You know, I think, you know, I've expressed to a lot of people that he needs to play. That's the next step in, in his progression. Uh, he needs to play. But uh, Jordan's done a great job, worked really hard, um, you know, so he's doing everything we're asking. Yeah, certainly we, you know, we have some standards that we believe in that uh, guys got to reach. Um, 
you know, I think if they don't reach those standards, there's got to be some quality about them that makes them overcome that. Um, but, um, you know, that's kind of the way it's been in Green Bay for a long time. Yeah, it's a little premature. I mean, certainly you look at all those things with all your players, not just not uh, just Aaron, but uh, um, we're not anywhere near that yet. Yeah, I just think the comfort comfortable and the offense and confidence in it, I guess, is the biggest thing. I think he was, uh, you know, making quicker decisions and just letting it rip a little bit more. I think he was thinking less and playing more. Um, you know, certainly. Um, he didn't get a lot of opportunity during the season to, to, to go out there and perform, but the, when he did, we thought we thought he executed very well. Um, but I know just you know watching him through um, practice, not only in the off season last year, training camp, but into the season, how he approached the weeks. Um, there was just a different level of intensity, I think, week in and week out than there had been prior. Yeah, again, we got to work through some of those things. Obviously, there's a, a May deadline for the fifth year option. Um, we'll work through that. Um, there's a lot, of, I think, other dominoes that kind of got to go before we make that decision. Yeah, no, I thought uh, he ended the season very well. I think, obviously, early in the season, it was just a lack of opportunity more than anything else. Um, but his opportunities are going to increase this year, and um, you know it's it's incumbent on him to kind of come in in the best shape possible. Just because um, those opportunities are going to be there, and he needs to take advantage of them, and we're excited about that. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Yeah, I think he's probably expressed that he wants to start every season. But yes, yeah, I think he knows where he's at, and I think he's eager to play. Um, so. Um, he wants that opportunity, and sometimes, sometimes those things are out of your control, like they have been for him the last few years. But he's—I uh, think he's—he's he's ready and excited. No, not yet. Yeah, I don't know if he changed our thinking. He—I think whenever players progress you know that it factors into all the decisions that you're making um but you know we, we took him for a reason back in 2020 he's been progressing nicely and uh, to see him kind of take the jump he did um this past year was nice again it's much different than than going out there week in and week out week out taking all the challenges when teams are um, game planning for you um, we were talking earlier just a, bit, a little bit about you know the length of time it really takes a quarterback to go from playing well to winning in this league. And uh, he'll need to go through those things just like every other quarterback. So he's taken some really good jumps, and there's more, more out there for him. But I, I think the things that are out there for him are he's going to need to play to do that. Well, I think, you know, we got a lot of, you know, 
we've got a lot of areas that are unknown right now. You know, right now I think we, we only have a couple, you know, a few tight ends coming back from last year. So there's some, some holes there. I think that those guys either got to step into those roles and fill them or we're going to have to kind of look, you know, other places. Um, you know, our secondary is a little bit unsettled. We have, you know, a couple of safeties that were moving on that, uh, that were here last year. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, as a, as a whole, I really like our nucleus coming back. Um, you know, how everything shapes up by the time we get to September, we'll see. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm a product of Ron Wolf and Ted Thompson, so we spend a significant time on the quarterback position year in and year out. So um, I don't think anything's changed because of what happened last year across the league. Um, you know, the quarterback position has always kind of been forefront in our minds and, and uh, can, will continue to be. Yeah. Yeah, you got to give a lot of credit to John Wojciechowski and Richmond Williams. They really kind of manage that department together, and, and those guys do a fantastic job of, um, you know, just really we have a consistent process where we stay after it, and, and those guys are constantly, you know, the, there's stuff, obviously there's players we brought to our roster that have worked out, um, but there's countless others that um, those guys are constantly bringing me. Sometimes they go other places and do really well, but those guys do a fantastic job. Um, and you know our process has really been, I think over the last three years, really refined differently than maybe it was in the past. And uh, it's really a credit to those guys. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. There you go. That's Brian Gutekinst and uh, him talking about, you know, obviously a lot of different things. A lot of uh, stuff about uh, Jordan Love more than anything. And, uh, you know, you couldn't really hear the questions. Um, so it, it, it's, it's he's in a, you know, the question and answer that he had earlier with the Wisconsin media was more intimate. There you're at a podium and it's just kind of guys shouting at you. And it's really tough to kind of hear it. Uh, but, uh, you know, kind of the, the highlights and such we'll go over when we come back. But basically, he said he exchanged some text messages with Aaron Rodgers. They haven't smoked, uh, spoken. Said, but we're moving forward. Uh, talked about, uh, you know, Jordan Love. They're excited. Uh, said he needs to play. Uh, what they liked last year was he had a little bit quicker decisions. He kind of let it rip. Uh, different level of intensity that he played with. But he knows about uh, – the May deadline for that fifth-year option. He said, other dominoes got to fall before we make that decision. Other dominoes got to fall before we make that decision. He did talk about Christian Watson and how he needs to come into camp in the best shape this year, something that he needs to work on in the offseason. He talked about the players' progression, and he did say, going back to Jordan Love, that they took him in 2020 for a reason. Uh, it's nice to see him make the jump, but then he then he cautioned. He said, but it's different from going out there week in and week out against teams that are preparing specifically for you. More things out there for him, but he needs to play. Almost again saying that he's ready to go, but he, you know, whether it's here or somewhere else, they, they haven't made that decision. And he did talk about, you know, the areas of unknown and tight end. Didn't get specific about really anything uh, other than to say that uh, they've got safeties that have moved on. 
So, yeah, some interesting stuff, but nothing, you know, too overly deep. But, uh, you know, he just started out (laughs) by stopping everybody by saying, look, we really haven't, other than changing text messages, we haven't heard from Aaron Rodgers, which I still find a little bit intriguing. The fact that uh, he he has emerged, apparently, at least according to all the reports, um, but he has still not contacted the Green Bay Packers. Not that he has to yet, but you got a couple of weeks before you hit free agency and you start making decisions on money you're going to spend, and you'd like to know what you have and what you can. You know, granted, now, you know, he said when he met with the Wisconsin media, we've got a plan A and we've got a plan B. So we have two different scenarios in place uh, for, you know, if Aaron is or isn't here and, and all that kind of stuff, but uh, some interesting stuff. So we'll talk more about it. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of 0% interest for up to 48 months when you lock in your prices by February 28th. I'm Gina Della from Pella. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget, no matter the season. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. Designed to keep the cold outside where it belongs. Lock in your prices by February 28th and get 0% interest for up to 48 months. Visit PellaWI.com. Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill, uh, Bill Michael Show. Continuing on, uh, our friends at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. Uh, they got a lot going on. They have got uh, different weekly specials going on right now. Uh, they call it kind of the end of the rainbow in uh, in uh, the, uh, the the sense of uh, St. Patrick's Day coming up. Uh, buttermilk fried pickles, turkey provolone melt, open face smoked meatloaf sandwiches. Friday and Saturday, they have the uh, mussels and fettuccine. They have the pan seared ribeye, cheesecake and such, which is by the way frosted animal cracker. And all kinds of good stuff going on out there. That's Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. County Road K in Oconomowoc, and they are expanding. And we'll have more on that as it draws closer, but uh, they are expanding. So uh, we're going to be out there for it, so we're looking forward to it. Uh, Again, 877-867-1670. So you've heard Brian Gutekinds now talk to both the local media and – than the uh, than uh, the national media. Let's go to Derek listening to us in Albany. Derek, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill. Um, I, I have a, a point about what uh, Brian was doing, and then I'd like your perspective as somebody who has been with, around, in the media, and you've got a lot of experience, a lot of savvy in this regard. First of all, Brian did an excellent job of tap dancing, as we all know. Um, mm-hmm. My question to you, the first part of this is, Assuming Aaron comes back and we give, uh, you know, Jordan Love his tender, his five-year tender thing, 
And what are you going to say to Jordan? You're going to say, look, here's what you do behind the scenes. Say to, say to Aaron, okay, we're doing this one more year. And then it's up to you. You can retire or we will trade you or whatever. And you tell Jordan it's your show after one year. I don't want to get. I don't want to release this kid. What are you going to get from a second or third round pick at this point? Not enough teams know enough about him. We know him best. I think the kid's got the tools. I think he's going to be good. I, great. I don't know, but I think he's going to be better than serviceable. Second, Bill, when the, the people listening to you today and listening to Brian and look, watching press conferences with Bill Belichick and all the things we watch with with people interviewing you know notables, tell the people why. Brian has to tap dance. If he was completely honest and said, well, we got this going and this could happen or that could happen, if he answered the questions that the interviewers want him to ask in the way they want to be told, what would happen? Now, I'm, I'm just curious about what your perspective would be. And uh, enjoy the show, and I'm going to hang up and listen. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. No, I, I completely get it. Um, so th- there's two sides to this, Okay. One is, if he answered 100% honestly, um, depending, I guess, on which way he would go, uh, let's start there, 100% honestly, suppose he is just tired of the dance, and he says, you know what, we haven't heard from Aaron, we're preparing to move on, Uh, he had a down season, you know, it's probably better to get rid of a guy a year too early than a year too late, on and on and on, he could say that, well, then, in essence, you are, one, pissing off the quarterback just in case you do have to make a deal with him for him to come back. Or, two, you could piss him off to the point that he says, I'm walking away, I'm not giving you a break, you're going to have to trade me. And, you know, you you got to appease him. you got to remain down the middle of the road is not to make anybody mad. You're trying not to piss off Jordan Love's people. You're trying not to piss off Aaron Rodgers and his people. The other aspect of that is you're also trying to be respectful now of Rodgers and a veteran because remember he called you out publicly called you out about the way you mistreat players you treat them like pieces of meat rather than like human beings remember that and that's what that whole offseason was and really that was the culture that was promoted by Ted but it was something more than that. So anyway, we'll deal more with that when we come back. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show to get to. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Hang in there. We'll be back right after this.